This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of Went Smoking's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Jane, flying solo tonight without Dean or Dane, but I'm joined by two greats of the Chelsea women community. Firstly, my good friend, Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group. Kerry, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. And if this man isn't on your podcast, YouTube show, are you even talking about Chelsea women? It's editor of the CFCW Social, Rob Prattley. Rob, good to have you back. Yeah, pleasure as always to be back and to be discussing the current champions of England. Exactly. Now we're here to discuss Chelsea's 3-0 win away to Everton. Kerry, you was in attendance last night. And if I'm right, the club helped get supporters to the game, didn't they? Uh, Yeah, they did. They were very generous, helping us out. We should notice. Yeah, it was nice to see that you all managed to get there despite the coldness. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Rob, it's really good to see, despite everything going on, the club's still willing to help get Emma Hayes and her team the support they deserve. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I dare anyone to do a Chelsea to go to Emma Hayes and say that, you know, we can't do something because I probably fear for their life um, afterwards. I will say one thing that really has stood out in the last couple of days, both with the home game and the away game, is the passion and the veracity of the support. It would be very easy to, you know, support the down tools in desperate situations. And I think in reality, it's just brought everyone that bit closer together, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, I feel like definitely as supporters, it's sort of brought us together recently. Just we're trying to support the team as much as we like and nothing's going to stop us from supporting that team. Kerry, we was all envious of the photo at full time. What went on in the end? What was said? Can you share us the gossip? It all happened really weirdly and really quick. Literally, they they all came over. Every single player came over, which doesn't really happen that often. I was going to say that. Hardly ever. And staff. And then Magda came closer and started chatting with us with, I think it was Neve and 
we'll say Erin. And they were like, do you want a photo? And then literally all the places that were running in for the photo. <laughs> and then they were raining, raining. That was how, that was how it happened. Normally it's us asking them for the photos. So that's weird that they asked us. Oh yeah, or they went and grabbed a man, or they went and grabbed a man's phone and and then and then I just saw all these pages running <laughs> to join in. Right, let's get into the game then. Chelsea lined up for this one in a 3-4-3 formation. Musovic continuing in goal, a back three of Bright, Newen, Carter. Charles Ingle, Cuthbert and Wright made up the midfield with Fleming and Harder supporting Kerr and attack. Emma Hayes made all five subs with Ericsson for Charles, Spence for Cuthbert, Abdelina for Wrighton, England for Kerr and Mielda for Noen. The unused subs were Berger, Anderson, G and James. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 64% possession compared to Everton's 36%. Chelsea had six, 16 shots to Everton's five, five shots on target to Everton's zero, six corners to Everton's one and six fouls to Everton's four. So there was no pre-match press conference, so he was unaware of the fitness levels of quite a few players. Rob, we saw a pretty strong 11 on the field and unfortunately nine subs on the bench, only Kirby missing. It feels like the squad's coming back together at the right time, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it is really, really important to make note, obviously seeing Magda Eriksson and particularly Mara Mielda, um, because it was Mara's sort of first appearance for over a year now. And I don't think anyone expects it to be quite this serious an injury. Um, obviously, football careers are finite and she is not getting any younger. So I think it was important to see her back out there. And I think from a squad togetherness point of view, obviously, Melanie Lopez is absent, but that's for, you know, a good reason, you know, very much a sort of joyous reason for her to be absent. But when players are injured and are missing for other reasons, I think it can be a bit of a drain sort of mentally because it's difficult to stay attached. And I think that's one thing Emma Hayes does do really well is keeping injured players sort of within the community in the group. And with Frank Kirby's illness, um, you know, fingers crossed it, it sounds like based on what Emma said, she should be returning sooner rather than later. So it does seem that we're getting the full complement just in time for that really tricky running. Yeah, I think we've sort of, we're sort of the team that's not had any injuries and they've sort of all come at once, but it is looking slowly. We're starting to get all our players back, which is a positive. Kerry, in that Aston Villa game, we really missed that creative influence in the final third. So it was good to see both Peniel and Jess, Jesse back in the starting lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you can tell how important both of them are when they're missing. So yeah, it was great to have them back. And going back to, it was great to see such a strong um, bench. As you said, it's just great to have all our players coming back because they've all got injured at the same time or COVID. Probably the big talking point though, and I've been... I'm keen to hear both of your thoughts on this. Zakira Musovic in a goal for a third consecutive game. Kerry, have we got a new number one? Who knows with Emma? We can never second guess Emma. She could just be resting AKB or she might have some sort of knock. I don't know. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob, what's your thoughts? AKB didn't have a great game in the Conti Cup final and now hasn't played in the following three games. But tactically, Chelsea have more content passing around the back and using Musovic, using Musovic than they did with AKB. Is there something to this? I think, I think yes. I mean, from a statistical point of view, Berger is better at shot stopping. She's better in the air, and she's better um, in general uh, sort of uh, distribution stats. However, 
there does appear to be that calmness that's sort of come in with Musovic in recent weeks, and she is very good at that sweeper-keeper role. One thing I will say, and it wouldn't surprise me, is that Emma notoriously doesn't tell the press about injuries. Um, so it really wouldn't surprise me if Berger had been carrying some sort of knock. The other thing is also she's played an awful lot of football in the last 18 months with a hectic schedule with, you know, um, international games. And then also sort of, it may just be burnout. And I think also we don't know which players had COVID, particularly in the squad. If there was, you know, COVID and perhaps a little bit tired from that. I think it's a good point about the Conti Cup final. I remember in the Conti Cup final, there was one point she went down, I think for the first, after the first City goal, she dived sort of across back onto her arm. And after that, she had a conversation with Jess Carter about something and wasn't moving very freely. And after that goal, she wasn't very confident or dominant in the air at all. So I think there could be a knock there. I also think it's maybe just Emma sort of giving her a little bit of a sort of proverbial kick up the backside in that she doesn't like players becoming, you know, confident in their position. I'd say the only... The only two this year who've been really, really confident they're going to play every game is Millie Bright and Sam Kerr, if they're fully fit. And everyone else, sort of, you know, their positions have been up for grabs. So I think it's possibly just trying to increase that level of competition. I don't think we can definitively say a new number one yet, because it's hard to sort of judge Musovic on these games because she's not had to do much goalkeeping. But at the same time, she hasn't done anything wrong yet. Yeah, it's hard to say sort of Musovic is the new number one when the games she's played haven't actually been very challenging sort of compared to what Berger's played. So we'll soon see what happens with the rest of the season, who plays and who Emma decides to sub, uh, put on the bench, sorry. Perry, Sunday saw us wait 92 minutes, which was a very, very long 92 minutes for a goal. Was there a sense of tension lifted with that early Sam Sam Kerr goal? Or when there isn't a goal, you do, especially because you've travelled all that way, you're just like, I just don't want to lose after travelling all this way. <laughs> so when you get that early goal, you just like calm, I think it just calms everyone down a little bit and the players just, yeah, so yeah, it just yeah, calms everyone down. It's the fact that you've travelled all that way and to lose is like, <laughs> it's just, you've got to go home with heartbreak. And Rob, it really did seem to boost our confidence in that first half because we really dominated Everton, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, Everton's from a tactical point of view, I will say I'm a bit confused that Chris Roberts decided to basically have the tactic of we'll give Penilla Harder 10 yards to operate in at all times because that's sort of, you know, footballing suicide. But from a, I think with a late goal, the big thing it really always does, and I've said this, is the next game, when you get a late goal and a late winner, it massively inflates you for the next game and suddenly you don't feel quite so tired. You know, some of that energy that you feel you've lost is replaced with adrenaline. And suddenly it all comes back. And I think with the early goal against Everton, Everton obviously don't have a particularly good record against us. We have a vendetta against them ever since that FA Cup game. And I think Everton sort of knew as soon as that first one went in, they were like, you know, Christ, we're in for a bit of a pasting here. And to be honest, if Chelsea had wanted to, I think it could have been four, five, six before half time. And then that sort of meant the second half was a bit of a non-event because it didn't need to be, not helped by the 30-minute half-time period where... Everyone seemed very confused what was going on. Yeah, we was then treated to two stunning goals, Perry. The first from Guru Wrighton, which she took very well, didn't she? Yeah, well, I actually had to watch it back because we were so far away. <laughs> I actually couldn't see it properly. So, yeah, but yeah, she did take it really well. But she, she likes to score good goals at the moment. So she's playing really well at the moment. 
The game was sealed in the 29th minute with an Erin Cuthbert thunderbolt. Rob, we know Dean is a big fan of Erin in our midfield pivot, and this is why, isn't it? Because she's got the engine and the technical technical quality to score goals just like that. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, the bit of Cuthbert that really, really impressed me in the game was actually the previous goal, at the very beginning of the um, writing goal, because Everton had a throw-in, and from the Everton throw-in, she presses, forces them back, and then they give the ball away on the edge of their own box, Fleming pokes it through and Wrighton sort of puts it into the sort of the top corner. And I think that's what Chelsea really, really missed against West Ham, or West Ham, against Aston Villa, sorry, was that real impetus in that first half. And as soon as Aaron and Fleming came on in the second half, it really added that ability to sort of turn from the midfield and go past players in the midfield. And I think that's something Chelsea have really been lacking in recent games. I think we really lacked it in the Conti Cup final because... As soon as you have players committing from the midfield and driving forward, you then start moving players in the opposition midfield and in their back line out of position and create more space for everyone else. Yeah, I think we definitely saw that sort of where we was in the Conti Cup final where we didn't have Erin or Jesse. It was a sort of a bit like, oh my God, who's going to play midfield? So it is good to obviously see them back and even better that Erin is scoring goals. There was a bit of a delay to the second half, Kerry, after one of the officials was injured. Injured, but we saw the players. Well, Sam Kerr in particular wrapped in a blanket. How cold was it? I have to say, with the delay, no, we no one knew anything until they were literally like, uh, "The game was be starting in five minutes due to an injury to the referee." So we were all standing around like, "I can't feel my feet." Can you like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? But yeah, it was absolutely freezing. When Erin came over, she goes, "It's so cold." Then you know it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> When a Scottish says it's cold, you know. Yeah, it's cold. cold. When the half, when the whistle went for the first half, we put on. It must have been the United game, the West Ham United game, and then I was like, "We better turn it over because this second half is going to start any minute." So we've put it on, and I'm thinking, "Oh, the FA players just delayed like it normally is." What was the game? And it was going on and on, and I was like, "No, it's not delayed. Something's like happened here." I was wondering was... if I'd, I'd gone back to the start of the game by accident. I dragged it back across to the start and it was just showing me the pre-game stuff. But Erin came out so early and she was like out ready. And I was like, where's the rest of the team? But we're li- was... Yeah, we're literally all going to each other. What the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> Erin's out here by herself <laughs> for like 20 minutes. I assumed Everton had just left. I assumed <laughs> they just decided, you know what, I've had to have 45 minutes. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Robert, second half, the intensity dropped slightly, but do you think that was a case of managing fitness and in essence managing the game because the team did just that, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with the delay that you've had especially... When players have been working so hard and have got so, you know, warm, when you've then got a stoppage like that and you've then got to come out into the cold, it's like recipe for muscle injuries all over the place. So I was completely happy, you know, as far as I was concerned, the sort of second half was more to keep the fitness, keep the ball moving, maybe bring one or two players back and most importantly, not get injuries because it would have been great if we'd have, you know, scored a couple more. No one would have complained, but equally if we'd have scored, you know, two more, but we'd seen... Aaron Golf injured again and Jesse Golf injured again. Everyone would be wondering why didn't we sub them off? Yeah, no, I think Emma was happy at 3 0. Obviously, it would have been nice to get more goals, but I don't think Everton, they weren't making a comeback from the 3 0. So it was fine as it was. And we just sort of played out the next 45 minutes. Kerry, two big moments during the game the return of Captain Magdalena Erickson and Marami Felder. What were those two moments like? Because it's been a while since we've seen those two on the pitch. Well, it's just great to have them both back and then like of course we're all just singing their songs we haven't sung them for so long so it's just great to have them back and hopefully they can stay fit now because we need all our players at the moment well yeah Magda's last uh, appearance was on the 16th of December and then she made her comeback appearance on the 16th of March and I think I read Marin played in November but then she picked up another injury so it is good to see them back and finally our squad is coming back together Rob, a big performance, 3-0 away from home. Chelsea can go top of the table if they beat Spurs next Wednesday. How mm. crucial was this, not just to win, but the performance as a whole? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm i very much one of those people that in football, winning is fantastic and winning trophies is an amazing thing. But I think as a wider thing, in the last couple of weeks, we were reminded more how important it is, I think, the winning aspect of it for the camaraderie in the community. And... I think, you know, I was at Kings Meadow on Sunday. I think the Aston Villa goal is one of the loudest goals I remember, like, hearing celebrated. You know, I have to apologise to the stewards because I actually think I may have broken a seat in Kings Meadow um, during said wild celebrations. But I think that you saw it yesterday, the way the players celebrated each of the goals. 
and celebrate, you know, with the fans afterwards. They know that if they keep winning, regardless of what's going on off the field, because I think, you know, that could be its own separate, you know, episode, regardless of what's going on off the field, if they keep winning and do what they're doing, they will get the just rewards for the effort they've put in. And I maintain, I think this has been a tougher chase this year for Chelsea because last year we were always leading from the front and it was always City's job to chase us down. And City knew that, you know, even if we knew, if you know, even if we slipped up, they still needed to take advantage. Chelsea have known they can't slip up because if they slip up, you know, even if Arsenal do slip up, there's still a gap there. And I think finally we've got to this point now where next week is such a crucial match because I think if Chelsea win that, it has so many knock-on effects. Number one, we finally get to see what Arsenal are like chasing. They have the game against the North London derby against Spurs the weekend afterwards. Spurs, if they lose against us, probably won't finish third. So suddenly the North London derby becomes so much big bragging rights for them and it becomes such a massive game. On top of that, Arsenal have to play Wolfsburg in between, which, as we all know, is not going to be an easy game. And they want Champions League progression, Arsenal. And so it's going to be really, really interesting. Again, I, I sort of said, bizarrely, this is the closest any Tottenham side could come to deciding a title, you know, in the last sort of 20 years. And hilariously, they're not going to win it. Um, but I do think that it's really, you know, next Wednesday, I think you will hear the fans as loud as they were for the Arsenal game, as loud as they were for the The Chelsea fans are loud anyway, but I think you'll hear them especially loud because they will know at full time if we win that, then suddenly we go from being in second to being the favourites for it. Yeah, I think although we're disappointed we didn't progress in the Champions League, obviously it's done been now in a better position than Arsenal are because they've now got this big run-up of games. So in some ways, we're now better off and we've got more of an opportunity. And like you said, this Spurs game Wednesday is going to be massive. Um, but fingers crossed it all goes in our way. The player of the match was decided on by our Discord group and that went to Jesse Fleming. Kerry, do you agree with that or did you give, want to give the player of the match to someone else? Do you know, I can't even remember much of the match. I mean, I'm a can't lie. I can't really, I would pick them all. <laughs> I think they all, I can see why Jesse got it, but I think any of them could have got it, really. Rob, do you have anyone in particular or did you agree with people from Discord? I think Jesse was a good shout. I think Erin played very, very well. Um, I'll also actually, I'll, I'll give a, and she doesn't get necessarily much of a mention, but I thought Jess Carter um, was superb in shutting down Emsley, who's a very, very good player, um, and also sort of shutting down the Everton sort of ability to counter-attack. I mean, my unpopular opinion that I've had, that I've shared with a few people, is that, to me, Jess Carter, along with probably Millie Bright and Sam Kerr, are my very credible choices for Chelsea's Player of the Year this year. And I would go as far as to say Carter, especially if Chelsea win the league, considering how far she's come in 18 months, is my credible candidate for the WPFA Player of the Year. Yeah, I think sort of Jesse did deserve it, but I feel like it was a whole team effort last mm -hmm. night. I think every player has a reason why they were player of the match. Um, so we'll go with Jesse and the whole team and whoever else wants to be player of the match. We're going to go for a short break and then when we'll come back, we'll be looking ahead to Sunday's FA Cup quarterfinal game against Birmingham. Welcome back to Went to My Kings Meadow. Now time for a quick look at Sunday's game with Birmingham. Rob, as holders and as Chelsea, we are going to make sure that there's no slip-ups. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think this was a kinder draw than some of the options, but equally it now means that you're likely to see the sort of 
big teams, for want of a better phrase, meeting each other in the semi-finals. Um, for what it's worth, I believe the semis have already been drawn. We're playing Manchester City away at Etihad Campus. Um, but it's, I think it's important to sort of be able to, you know, defend one of our trophies. And I think it is more important now because obviously, although the FA Cup final doesn't seem like it was that far away ago because it only came in December, I think it would be a real statement to win this one again and then suddenly start, you know, winning them on the bounce from one another. Eric, do you think, given the nature of, fi- of the fixture se- schedule coming up, we might see some players like Sam Kerr rested? Yes, I think I think you have to rest Sam, I reckon, now, because she's played so many games and playing 90 minutes every game at the moment. So, yeah, I would rest Sam. Rob, what do you think? We've seen Aslu from the bench a few times. Magda and Marin got minutes yesterday. Lauren James is beginning to get serious game time too. Do you think they'll all start? I don't think they all start. I think you probably, with Marin especially, because she's only just come back from a very long injury, you sort of take it easy. But I think it's, you know, important to note there are real credible sort of squad options. Again, we didn't see any of Jonna Anderson yesterday, but she could easily come back in. Also, Abdelina, I think, has been looking really good and really sharp as a substitute. We've got Drew Spence, um, sort of, you know, who's always going to be very solid and dependable. Some of the young players, I'm told, have been doing really well around sort of, you know, the coaches, people like Claypole and um, Thompson have been, you know, really impressing the coaches and stepping up. I, I think it's nice to actually have the options and the ability to say, you know, even if we do rest, say, Sam Kerr, um, and I don't know what the status on, say, Frank Kirby's fitness is, but even if we do rest that, we could potentially put out, say, a front three of Wrighton, England and Jess Fleming, which I think you would agree is probably better than most front threes WSL sides can put out of. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of who gets rested, who does get start, but hopefully we'll get to see some of the players that don't get as much game time. Kerry, winning mentalities are hard to achieve, but very easy to lose. Are you expecting anything other than a professional Chelsea performance? Yeah, and yeah, Emma won't let the standards slip. She will tell them, like, I think all the players know that as well. Like, they don't really, they don't take the... Like they, they'll take Birmingham seriously because it's they could eat. We've had some tough games against them in the past, right? So they, um, yeah, Ember will make sure they've got their heads on. We know tickets went on sale for this game before the sanctions happened, so we will be having other like Birmingham fans there. I don't think we'll have many Birmingham fans though, just due to them not having many fans in general. Rob, do you think there'll be many Chelsea fans that would have got tickets for this game? Yeah, I mean, like, I, let's face it, there will still be like a lot of Chelsea fans there because I think we've got the highest proportion of season ticket holders in the um, WSL. I think it's about 1,200, I was told at some point. But I do think that, you know, it's, it's difficult because I, I try to avoid being political um, when I go on sort of podcasts. But I will say I do think it's particularly pointless to stop people buying tickets and then also trying to push the narrative that you're trying to make things more accessible. Um, Because I don't think somehow a Chelsea fan buying a ticket for this Birmingham game is really going to have that much of an impact on world events. Having said that, I do think that, you know, sanctions are important, but they need to be targeted in the right way. And I don't think they are at the moment. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, no, we won't get political and talk about the sanctions. That was on the podcast the other night we'll stick to just the football this week 
Um, Kerry, I don't know this if this will answer our question about who's number one goalie this sort of season. But I guess if Berger starts tomorrow, then you're kind of thinking Musovic comes back for the Tottenham game? Or do you think Musovic will start tomorrow? Uh, not tomorrow, sorry. Um, start Sunday. What, Sunday. Sunday. This is Dean's fault. He wrote tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, again, you don't know. I think Musovic will start again, but Emma does what she wants. <laughs> No, no matter what we say, we all know Emma's going to go for the complete opposite. So it's pointless us even yeah. commenting on it. The big thing for us is to think about, though, Rob, is the fact that we can become the first hit team to win two FA Cup trophies in one season. Do you think that is what Emma is aiming for? Yeah, I mean, that would be that's a fun trivia question for in the future. I, can, I look forward to that appearing on numerous um, football quizzes in sort of 20 years' time. I think, like, I think Emma will want to win it not only because it's that accolade, but also because I think she'll be like looking at a double and thinking that that's easily achievable. Um, and I also think it's the, in a way, I think the FA Cup is such a wonderful competition. I've, I've made no secret of my love for it, both on the men and women's side. And I think it will also feel that bit more this year winning it because it's not been sort of as disrupted as, say, last year's one where there were long periods about fans and it didn't really feel like a proper cup run. Whereas certainly for me, the FA Cup games so far have felt like proper, you know, cup games. And besides the Leicester game in the last round that was sort of, you know, ruined a little bit by, you know, let's be honest, incompetent refereeing. Um, I think, you know, you'll get a really good atmosphere in there. The players will be well fired up for it. And they will see no reason why they can't, you know, get themselves into the semi-finals and get themselves to Wembley again. Yeah, I think there's nothing sort of stopping us other than the semi-final that we all know it's going to be against Man City and we all know it's going to be at the Academy Stadium. And that will probably be our only sort of barrier along the way. But other than that, I think we can easily win again. And it will be something to look back to. And like you said, Rob, it will be good in a pub quiz in years to come. That will be the one question I can actually answer. (laughs) Right, we're going to try and predict a team. I know Emma's going to go for the complete opposite to what I say. But I'm going to go with a 3-4-3. Berger in goal. Bright, Nguyen, Eriksson in defence. Charles, Ingle, G and Aslu in midfield. And James, Harder and Kerr starting up front. I think Magda will get about 45 minutes. Harder and Kerr will make sure the game is won at half-time. And hopefully we'll just be able to sort of have a chilled second half. Rob, would you change any of the team or would you keep it the same? What's your thoughts? I'd probably, again, I'm, I'm actually really keen because I'm going to this one live um, on Sunday again as well with my season ticket. But I am clear, keen to actually see Alsa Abdelina start um, to start a game because I think she looks really, really good um, in her cameo appearances. And my only thing I'd say is I'd really like to see Beth England start up front with Alsa Abdelina because her crossing in, especially her deep crossing, she has a really good delivery on her. And with the best will in the world, I think so far... Sam Kerr, at times, she has chances where they're easier chances, doesn't take them, and then she takes the harder chance, which isn't a problem either. But I think for Beth England, against a team like Birmingham, where, you know, they will be viewing the Cup as a bit of a, not a distraction, they might be viewing it as a bit of a negative, just a welcome distraction from the league form. But I think it's worth, you know, having her in there, maybe getting her some goals, and then you have the option to, you know, mix it up for Tottenham because I think Tottenham will be expecting the front three of Harder, Kerr, Kirby if they're all fit 
and having that ability to you know surprise them could be really really big because I suspect Tottenham are going to come to Kings Meadow try and defend and play on the counter and having that little bit you know that joker in the pack could be a real big sort of thing so I'd probably have England in for Kerr to sort of maybe rest her I'd like to see Lauren James start because I think that would be you know good to see her get a some regular minutes um I'd also maybe, I'm not sure on this one, I'd possibly have Drew Spence in there for Ingle to rest Ingle's legs. Um, I think Ingle's been a little bit erratic recently, but I think she was very good um, in the last couple of games. And I think that, you know, we need her to be at her best for Tottenham. And I think a well-rested Ingle is, her be- is the best version of her. Yeah, I think this game we've sort of got to rest our key players for that game on Wednesday. I think it's not going to be a very difficult game and sort of who matter. Whoever who, who whoever we start is going to be a strong team, regardless. Kerry, who would you start? Who would you take out of the team? What is your thoughts? Um, no, I think we're happy with anyone. I I actually I am happy with anyone. Does anyone? I'll I'll support whoever starts. You just want yeah, I think, to start. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that for the whole ninety minutes. <laughs> It would be nice to see her start. I think just where she's come on as a sub and she's sort of shown what she can do in such a short period of time, it would be interesting to see her from the start and what impact she makes of the game in that way. Um, Let's go for a score prediction. Kerry, I'll let you go first. I'm going to stick... I've been doing it for the last couple of games. We've been winning, so I'm going to say 2-0. Okay. Rob, what about you? Um, oh god, it's a, it's always difficult because I predicted the Everton game to be a tight, you know, one 0 and us to absolutely trounce Villa. Um, so I should probably go for the exact opposite of my gut feeling, which is a nice, confident win. Um, I think actually I'll go for like I think a two-one. I think Birmingham might actually take the lead bizarrely. I think they might just get some strange goal from a set piece that will sort of wake us up, and then we'll get two goals, turn it round, and they won't really threaten again. I'm going to go really positive and go for like four 0 and just hope. <laughs> We get that many. Um, we get get that many goals because I need to get as many points as I can on play predictor this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the play predictor. It's all about the play predictor now. When it got to three goals yesterday, I was like, right, Everton, I put it down as a free one. So I was going, Everton just need to score one, and my dad was going, why? I was like, because of play predictors, I put three one. I need the points. <laughs> but no, I'm confident by going four new. I feel like we can get four sort of easy goals. Sadly, that's all we've got time for next week. We'll be back next Monday to look back at this FA Cup game with Birmingham and look forward to our midweek clash with Tottenham. In the meantime, if you're looking for a fun and welcoming community to talk for Chelsea, then make sure you join our Discord channel. And if you love what we do and want to help support us continuing to make content on this amazing team, then please consider joining us on Patreon. The links for both of those are in the description box of this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at MoKingsMeadow me at Jane Chapel at Kerry at Kerry Evans and Rob at JRP Journalism. Kerry, thanks for joining us again so soon and we will see you Sunday. Yes, well, I'll see you all Sunday. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Oh, yes. And Rob, thank you for joining us at such short notice and we'll see you Sunday as well. Pleasure as always. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.